If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. All right, welcome back to Mind Pump, the awesome fitness comedy show uh, brought to you by Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. And uh, today, a lucky listener is going to have me come to their house and cook them some pasta sauce. Because of- <laughs> I didn't know you spoke Italian. Uh, just that's just dirty one. ones. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, that's fucking great. So let me let me tell you guys what I saw the other day uh, online. There was a meme, uh, or as Adam calls them, Mimi. Mimi's. <laughs> hey guys, I saw this Mimi hey, the yeah, other day. He, he sends it. He calls. He calls. He calls us up on the phone. Dicks, guys, bro. it's so cute. Guys, did you guys see the Mimi I made? I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? No, no, it's a Mimi. No, I'm like meme. You mean you made a meme? Yeah, meme. Bro, it's meme. spelled it's spelled Mimi. Or so a, I say it. Or meme. a mem. <laughs> Mimi. A mem. So here's what I saw. I saw a, a Mimi of <laughs> a dude doing barbell squats. Not a big deal. But he was standing on a physio ball. Oh yeah! That oh, great idea. Makes so a lot of sense. I thought maybe we talk a little bit about. I thought I thought we talk a little bit about fun- core, functional training. Or core training, right? Functional. I, how how people is, can get like even more stupid. On so a this end. is this is such a good topic because okay, I have to say I'm partially uh, guilty of some of this. You've done squats on a physio ball. I have not gotten to that level. Yeah, of, please don't own that. I one. have not gotten to that level of ridiculousness. Okay. Right? But I I used to do a lot more training on the the physio ball than probably what I needed to do. So, <laughs> and I will. This be, was back when you were training for Cirque du Soleil, though. And right? if I sold you thousands of dollars of personal training in the past off of this, I'm sorry. And this is why. Um, we, okay, here's the deal. And here was my pitch. Okay, your <clears throat> transverse abdominis, your core muscle. Okay, your core muscles are the most important muscles in your body, besides your heart. Obviously, without your heart, you're dead. Okay, but. That being said, if it's the most important muscles in your body, that's involuntary. Then, then, then focusing on it while you train is becomes you know huge, right? In comparison to mm-hmm. anything else. So, if I'm going to do just a normal bench press, why would I just do a normal bench press when I could do a dumbbell press off a stability ball oh, and yeah. create more more calorie expenditure because my body's having to stabilize on the stability balance. ball and balance, and I'm incorporating right. 28 different Glute muscles contraction at yes, the same time. Yes. And- so I used to do Adam, this. Adam, I want to buy 20 sessions right now. <laughs> yeah. With, so, that, with that, turn you into a fat furnace. Let's just take that theory to the next level. Well, why don't you just do some fucking presses? Me and my friends are going to randomly punch you in the face and you don't realize what's going on. Do you know how many muscles you'll be using? <laughs> Not knowing if you're going to get you hit know what? and boom, I you get I think hit. they already coined that muscle confusion. Muscle yeah? confusion. <laughs> yeah. I love that term so too. I, that that being said that I was at, okay, I think we both or all three of us know now uh that the the science behind it is um, it, it supports the idea of us actually just doing some good old school deadlifts or squatting. You're going to get far more benefits uh, core stabilization right. wise than you will ever by standing on a Bosu ball. So, but I also believe that there is there is some there's places for it, and there's there's things that are positive about that. So if you have somebody who has a really hard time engaging their core. Putting them on a Bosu ball, sitting, maybe doing curls or presses or something like that, forces them into upright posture because in order to stabilize on the ball, they have to stand upright. They have to erect their spine, contract their their core muscles in order to hold themselves and stabilize. Yeah, but what are they they finding now? Wasn't there a study about... Um, standing on top of a Bosu ball and what that does to your ankles. Oh yeah, so yeah, your yeah. ankles are inverted now, and now you're creating another deviation by what you're trying to fix or what you're trying to progress in your core. So yeah, no doubt well, it's well, retarded. Well, well here's not- where here's where the, here's where the rationale comes from. The rationale comes from the fact that 
if you're going to sit on this unstable surface or lay on this unstable surface, muscles have to activate to keep you balanced. Right. Is this true? Yes, it is true. However, just activating muscles does not mean that they're going to be, they're going to work in a functional way in everyday life. I'll give you an example. I could hook you up to an electronic stim machine. You know the ones that you go to the physical therapist and they put you on the little thing right. that pulses your muscles. Just put those all over all over your fucking body, and now you're it's you've an got external all kinds of muscle activation, right? Yeah. And what what ends up happening is uh, uh, your muscles get really good at that one specific movement, and your and your body is very specific with its adaptation. So if you get really strong on a physio ball chest press, then you get really strong at a physio ball chest press. The carryover is actually less than if you did a heavy bench press, mainly because the bench press, you're going to add a lot more weight and strength than you would on the physio ball. Does that mean that there isn't a place for stuff, you know, the balance stuff? Uh, you know, yes, there's a place for it, but it's a small place. I don't think it should be the foundation or, or, or you know, the, well, let me ask the you base guys, of your Let program. me ask you guys this. So, and here's here's how I train myself now, because I, I do find there there is a place for it. But I, I, if it's replacing something uh, that is truly more functional, like a deadlift or an overall squat or something like that, uh, then it, I don't think there's a place for it. But if you can fit it into your program where maybe you do an exercise, a workout that is in, in an unstable environment, whether you're having to balance on or one way. Are you setting one unstable to stable yeah, type or, of a situation or, like that? Or that, yeah. I've done that before. Yeah, where <laughs> one, one, one exercise. So maybe you're doing a bench press and then you superset it and you go right over to, like I'll do this on the foam roll. I'll lay down on the foam roll and uh, bring it in an arrow stance. So actually, I'm on a roll and, it's, and do my chest flies. Mm-hmm. So I'll do flies right after I do like a you know a heavy bench or a heavy uh, incline press, and then I'll do something like that. So, but it's normally one exercise at best uh, mm-hmm. that I'm incorporating into my into my routine. Well, we, we saw it's, what's funny is we saw the evolution of this because we all started in the fitness industry yeah, before, before any yeah. of this shit. <laughs> And then it came onto the scene and it was fucking everywhere. Yeah. Like yeah. every trainer was balancing on wobble boards and people were standing on one leg and they were doing physio ball everything and there were BOSU balls and, you know, uh, squishy pads and all kinds of crazy stuff. And then everything turned into stand on this unstable surface while you do curls or stand on this squishy pad while you do, you know, a shoulder press. Or right. I, it, it definitely exploded and, and people went crazy with it as far as even trainers like training their clients and, um, I remember, I remember just seeing some really crazy stuff that other people would come in and start doing where I saw a guy actually balancing and doing a handstand on top of a dumbbell. And, uh, and this isn't like up, up, down, upwards and, and downwards kind of like, yeah, so it's vertical. It's on the, it's on the belt. It's actually horizontal. So he's holding on to it so it could roll on oh, him. Wow. Yeah. And he's doing a handstand on and it. He's doing a handstand. That's impressive. Yeah, that's it's great. A, I mean, that's very impressive. Dude, take that back to, to your Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, I don't want to watch you break your neck. So I, I blame the first phase of nerdy trainers in the last decade or so, decade and a half or something. Why are you looking at me when you say nerdy? <laughs> because you're one of the nerdy ones I'm blaming right yeah. now. Actually, you wouldn't be something like this, but it's a lot of these trainers that got indoctrined by it when it first came up because, like you said, we were we were around before this, before freaking stability balls, mm-hmm. TheraBands, and all this these great fitness tools that now are all over the place. So, And obviously, people were in phenomenal shape before all this existed, so it's not like necessary to get mm-hmm. there. But then when it came out, you know, all it takes is a few studies – that prove the benefits of it that show right. this. Just like I said, and that was my pitch, right? Let's, if you were to stand, okay, compare standing somebody uh, and you're just straight bicep curling with a straight bar. And then you do that, do the exact same weight, everything exactly the same, only now you're standing on one leg. We could sit here and we could debate all day that I could tell you that you're burning more calories 
uh, and more fat by standing on one leg than you would perhaps use. or perhaps not right because yeah. the force that you're using is lower yeah you know? well, yeah yeah you know for people who are going to argue because there's still people out there that debate this and say no the stability training is awesome you know uh, standing on unstable surfaces is great here's my here's my evidence okay let's just go back to the basics something that we know a lot about barbells and dumbbells right we know a lot about barbells and dumbbells if you had to pick barbells or dumbbells if you had not i'm not saying you should but if you did if you had to choose one or the other just to build sheer strength and muscle which one will build more muscle barbells or dumbbells dumbbells barbells barbells really i would barbells. say dumbbells. yeah tell me why you think barbells, barbells. well is your grip is, what's your theory on that well because uh, of the load the load and you know and and uh, and i think most people will agree you were supposed to agree with me Fuck no me. i did <laughs> i was trying to i was trying to figure out how you how you put that together because i would think if so okay so you because you're saying that you can load more because if you were to tell me uh like do dumbbell like if you do did, dumbbell if deadlifts you did, versus if you did, barbell if you did 300 pounds with a barbell deadlift and then you did 150 pound dumbbells in each hand deadlift the you can't tell me that the barbell is more Bar- effective barbell will typically build more muscle it's the mass builders are are usually barbells uh the barbell exercises because, because you can, can load it up more well, it, it, who knows i think that's part of it but really we don't know what it is but we do know that barbell exercise like if i give someone a barbell to bench they're going to get stronger faster typically than dumbbells um, it could be the control factor. I think instability is important to a point, which is why machines uh, are not as effective as free weights. But I think once you go past a certain point, you lose, you get diminishing returns. It's, it's, that's mm-hmm. the point I'm trying to make. I get where you're, I get you where, what I'm you're, I get where you're going with it. Well, but I think- and more, more stability wise, you don't really want to load a lot of weight in those types of well, situations. Yeah, no. Right. Well, so that's, I think that's another point that like, you know, you don't want to stress out. You don't want, like, say it's the shoulders. You don't want to stress out the shoulders by adding more load, whereas you could with a barbell, and where you evenly distribute the force. Right. So now you have to, like, you know, you have to compensate for that. You know, one versus the other, whereas both simultaneously, you're going to be able to well, press it a lot how about more the efficiently. Argu- how about the argument, though, that I would say that I, I'm having to stabilize 150-pound dumbbells, and so the amount of stabilizer muscles and, and recruitment that I'm going to get right. to stabilize this dumbbell in comparison to the right, barbell right. is... But you're right. still going to have to drop in weight. Right, and that's the... Well, o- so, okay, so I agree here. So yeah. I agree that if, you are, if you're comparing uh, just in general, mm-hmm. but if you're, if you're comparing exactly the same weight... Then I would I would debate it the other way. I w- if you told me three hundred pounds barbell, three hundred pounds, but very rarely can anybody do, do the, the same, same weight. weight. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so yeah. I agree there. So we can yeah. agree on that. I yeah. but if you if you're in comparison though, I think, I mean, I, I definitely know, and I can speak from experience where, you know, when I when I switch over to my dumbbell chest press and I start working a lot of dumbbell work, then I go back to my barbell. I see some really great. Right. Right. And that's of course the variation, you know, uh, changing the exercise. I think it's like supplemental. Like, I mean, it's how I look at dumbbells and, and uh, well, even kettlebells for the most part too, because it's, it loads differently. So you're, Mm -hmm. you're actually, um, well, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to basically compensate for the way that the forces are, well, it loads differently. It's lower on you. Yeah, the, the arm, dumbbells behind your arm yeah, or in front behind of your, your arm, arm or in front. So the weight is uh, away from you. The yeah. lever's longer. And this, the science is a little bit loose on that. I know they've done done some studies on like, <clears throat> say, say for instance, one of them I, I saw was uh, for for sandbags. And so sandbags, um, they they were trying to make a case that um, you know whether or not it was more efficient to use a sandbag versus like dumbbells and and, and doing like a basic sort of farmer walk with that. Um, and, and they were showing that, um, basically because 
because of the way that like the the mass of it had basically it was it was out wide enough um, to where not 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 necessarily that you're having to compensate because the weight shifted or anything. It was just that it was more mass, and so it was it, it had more surface area. Uh, your your body actually like your 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 pecs and, and your your arms actually had to uh, contract more to help and and contribute to that. So with the sandbags with or the with sandbags, the, so it, it's just different. Of the extra surface yeah. area. So you actually you actually utilize different muscles. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the lift when you have different types of objects that yeah. you're moving. And so it's, that's why it's important to... What was the conclusion of the article? Is it, is it better or what this, with the sandbags versus the dumbbells? Which one is more effective? Or Well, basically what they, they amounted it to is that it was different. So you, you got a different stimulus. Ultimately, that's what it breaks down to. I think like, like we're talking about with functional, quote unquote, functional training is it's not, not that you should never do it. But the, the, the foundation, the core of your workout should be your basic, you know, barbell, dumbbell lifts. Yeah. And then you can supplement with all these different things and get great results. But I think, especially in fitness, we have a real bad habit of a new technique coming out. Yeah. And then it becomes yeah. like the be all end all. Like, oh, oh fuck weights, man. All oh. I do is uh, I use bands on the physio. I mean, I, have you, right. I have not seen so much warrior ropes since. since oh, the, the battle ropes? The battle ropes are like, I mean, they've been around forever. And then just because they've become trendy and I don't know if it's like. No, MMA. Cro- yeah. It was MMA. MMA, MMA or whatever. Yeah. Well, MMA is really involved with conditioning. So yeah. I think that's why they adopted that one. Yeah. yeah. MMA is all about or, you know, competing in, uh, in, in wrestling. I mean, I was a grappler for a long time. And you're looking at um, being able to output energy on a uh, high energy for a certain period of time, so three minutes. And for anybody who's ever wrestled, you're, you know, if you've ever wrestled your friend or you ever did in high school or whatever, you know how exhausting uh, that can be. And so the conditioning is very different than, say, uh, even boxing or basketball, football, or just lifting weights, just to build to build muscle. You need to be able to train specifically for your for your particular sport. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it, so with functional training, I think if you add that to your to your routine, that's fine. Uh, but I think the the, the foundation of your routine should be the barbell demo stuff, and that's the revolution I'm starting yeah. to see. I'm starting to see. We've talked about this. <clears throat> I'm starting to see more people deadlift and oh, squat God, and, yes. yeah. and, and clean. About that. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know what? You know what I'm seeing now? It's a great trend. I'm seeing more muscular people. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. whereas before there was a few muscular people and then everybody else was just like whatever. I'm seeing more like dudes and chicks working out that look pretty impressive because and I watch them and they're hanging out at squat rack doing all kinds of, you know, those basic lifts. I, I love that trend. In the 15 years plus that I've been working out, I have never seen the utilization of squat racks like I have in the last 3 years. I have to wait it for a squat cr- rack. Yes. I've never had to wait for the a squat rack. The other day, dude, I was sitting I was like I can't believe I'm doing this right now. I can't believe I'm actually sitting and waiting. I'm in the gym and I'm waiting to work out because I'm like, I had this whole idea of what I want to do today. It was surrounded around squats and deadlifts. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, Tim, of all the days that I just, and we got six squat racks at our gym. You know what? We're fucking that up right now by telling people, okay, this is what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is what you go to the gym. No, you, you should do, do leg machines, and, machines and stability yeah. balls do, all do, day long. Do leg extensions <laughs> and, <laughs> and do physical the, ball exercises. donkey kicks, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's popular right now. Yeah. That, that builds your glutes more yeah, than more deadlifts glute and squats by donkey kicks. So I think it's important to point out out too that when we're talking about uh we're, we're cracking on functional training a bit uh it's it's what gets 
labeled as functional training that I think we're cracking on more than functional. Yeah, because what's real? What does yeah, functional strength really mean? Exactly. Yeah, I, we, yeah. I believe in multi-planar lunges. I believe in doing things in different Absolutely. planes. That's functional to me. Doing things that with weights that is yeah. challenging for you in different types of planes because our body moves in all different types right. of planes. Well, I think the, 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 the real definitive factor is that it's it, it amounts to you moving efficiently and moving and being and being aware of your space and your body, so that proprioception. I want to be aware of my oh, what a great word myself. Yeah, it's a great word because it it just helps to kind of define like okay, now I am more aware. Like I am in control of my body. I can I can be efficient in my movement patterns, but. You know, I, I want to apply strength by by adding these foundational yeah. lifts. I mean, the way I've always explained it to people when people have asked me is, I said, foundation. Uh, excuse me, functional strength or functional conditioning means that all the gains that you see in the gym, all the improvements that you see in the gym, translate to the everyday life. That's mm. it. Very ba- basic. If if what we do in here makes what you do out there, whether you play sports or you're just you know an elderly client of mine and, and you want to be able to go up and down the stairs without assistance. If what we do in the gym makes all those things better, you've become more functionally strong. And I'm going to use another example with functional, with the word functional, flexibility. And I, I'm going to, I know we're going, I'm not going to go too off topic here, but you know, there's also something called functional flexibility. So in the, if we've, we've heard about, we're all familiar with static stretching. That's the stretching we all did in high school where you sat and you hold a stretch or whatever. Nothing will make you more functionally flexible, flexible than doing stretches under tension like you will in yoga. For example, yoga instructors, uh, when they do, especially when they strength train as well, they have very good functional flexibility, the kind of flexibility that benefits you when you're out and about and doing things. And so, again, functional means makes everyday life easier and better. I would would agree with that, but also I've been in my own sort of experimental, and I know like trends as far as the industry goes, like have moved slightly away from the static stretching for a while Mm -hmm. and moved more towards dynamic stretches. Right. Um, Be careful there. Yeah, well... Oh, you know, I, I know where you're going with that, and I'm 100% with you. Okay. Uh, guys like us with the carry decent amount of muscle who are tight as shit, yeah. the static stretching, I believe, has I'm a not big trying, part. Yeah, so anyway, that that was just something I've, I've noticed, like, personally in the industry and, like, you know, thought I wanted to know kind of what you, your guys' opinion were. On yeah, that, I so. do static well, stretching yeah. before my workouts and because I'm so I'm very tight and I carry a decent amount of muscle and it helps me in my movements. Well, why don't we talk about that for a second? There's there's three types of stretching, right? There, you have active, you have static, and then you have dynamic, and and all three of them have a place. So, an active stretch, you're typically only going to hold a stretch for about six to eight seconds. The whole idea of an active stretch, this is pretty much just to warm a muscle up or get blood pumping into the area that you're about to go work. So usually it emulates like a movement you're going to do. Exactly. As, as so as if the exercise. Exactly. If you're about to go utilize your quads and hammies, uh, you're just holding the stretch for a quick six to six to ten seconds, like I said, and you're moving throughout all the, all the muscles that you're just trying to basically activate, wake up, send some neurons over there, tell them, hey, let's get ready. We're about to work out. That's what you call an active stretch. Then you have what's called static or corrective stretching, which is what Sal's talking about, which that's where you want to address specific areas that are in need. So let's say, for example, most people don't realize this, but the, uh, over like 65 or 70 percent, I can't remember what the stat is where, when I read it last, but um, of uh, Americans have upper cross syndrome. 
which is basically forward head and a contracted shoulder girdle. So all that means is you have forward head, your shoulders are rounded. So if you can imagine what you probably look like when you're sitting down at your computer or you're eating a, uh, eating a bowl of oatmeal in the morning. That's what I look like right now, right in front of this mic. And it's just because we do everything in that plane. We do everything in front of us. We drive in front of us. We brush our teeth in front of us. We eat in front of everything we do in front of us. So what that does is it causes all these muscles in the front, your anterior delt, your pectoris major, everything's becoming tight and it's pulling the body in this rounded position. So this is where static or corrective stretching comes in and is extremely important um, in order for somebody to actually well, you get self myofascial release. That is another part of, you know, corrective. So that would fall under the right. static yeah, like or foam rolling, yeah, or, foam or, rolling even, or even deep which tissue. would fall under the same amount of time, which I'll say in just a second with corrective. So with corrective, you need to be holding your corrective stretch for at least 15 to 30 seconds. You want a good long hold because you, you need it actually to, re, to release the, uh, what, Goldie tendon, right? Is what the Golgi yeah, tendon. tendon yeah. So uh, you, you need to hold that. That would also fall in the category like Justin was saying, south myofascial release, which is also foam rolling. So you're going to address these issues that are overactive, things that are super tight because you are in a position because of your posture or because like you might overtrain something a lot and that muscle is super, super tight in comparison to its antagonist. So I like to think of it as getting the muscle out of the way uh, for an exercise. Like if my knees cave in because my calves are too tight, a nice static stretch, yeah. get them out of the way so I can do a proper Excellent. squat, right? Excellent. Right. Okay. Exactly. So yeah. that's it. Form. There is another place where you're going to use your corrective strategies. You, you, want, you know that that's also the trainer in you that would pick up on something like that too. That's a little bit advanced for the average listener, but that's when you're taking your, that's when you're taking your training to the next level is when you're learning about your body, understanding what's in balance. Because we all have it. I don't give a shit who you are, how mm-hmm. old you are. It, and the older we get, the worse it becomes if you don't address it. So learning what's what's tied on you and then learning how to correct it and when to. And then you have your last one, which is dynamic flexibility or ballistic stretching, which this can is where Justin is saying is becoming more and more popular. I'm I'm not as big of a fan unless it's somebody who's a little more advanced just because it can be dangerous. You're taking somebody through. Yeah, I wouldn't the, have a beginner do that. Yeah, I the know. idea of dynamic flexibility or ballistic stretching is you're taking basically it's an it's explosive stretch or a, you're taking the, the muscle through full range of motion in a dynamic movement. So it's a fast movement. Um, most of us remember doing this in like uh, junior high school or, or. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it, it circles. looks a lot like a track exercise so yeah you're doing leg swings and you're and yeah. you're, you're like you're kicking run- really high yeah you're running and you're kicks. kicking your butt with your heels to get your yeah. quads right in the dynamic right. stretch type of deal right. so the, these are all but it's and, not necessarily ballistic all the time but yeah yeah so these these type of these type of stretches is uh great to cool down they're great also to warm up for somebody who already is flexible or maybe that has already started to stretch that out open up and get it going to warm yourself up it's not a bad idea either but once again I wouldn't teach stretching like that mm-hmm. to somebody unless they're pretty advanced. But, you know, stretch with purpose. That's the main thing that you need to understand from this. Um, if you're about to, this is, a, I crack up when I see this. If you're the guy who likes to stack three or four plates on the bench press and you like to stretch your chest for the three minutes in between so everyone can look at how much you're bench pressing and all you're doing is relaxing the muscle that you're about to go work out, that's about as silly as you possibly can mm-hmm. get. So uh, do not go and stretch for long periods of time in between your and long periods of time. I mean, 15, 30 plus seconds on a muscle that you're actually in the middle of working. You know, you want to hear what's what's crazy is I've been working out for a very, very long time. My warm ups used to consist of uh, a a light set before my heavy set. I warm up now a minimum of 20 to 30 minutes before my workouts, which and it consists of static stretches, myofascial release and a little bit of dynamic. And I have to now. I've noticed I have to now. If I don't mm-hmm, do it, mm-hmm. I can't get into a deep squat with weight on me. You know, shit hurts and it's tight. 
Um, and it's probably due to age and also probably due to stupid workouts, you know, as I was younger. Well, let's be honest. It's really the, the age part of the factor is it's always been there. It's been an issue that one of us and I can attest to this, too, that that you've needed to address and work on. And mm-hmm. we've neglected it for so many years, you know, for 10, 15 years, been training and not addressing that. And now at being in our thirties and approaching 40 mm-hmm. years old, your body's saying, fuck you, you do need mm-hmm. to address this. Well, one thing- So at one point, everybody needs to, whether, you, whether you're young and in your early twenties and don't think you need to right now, oh, don't worry. If you continue lifting you, weights- You will. It, it'll let you know. You it'll- will. And I've, I've got a couple injuries to prove it. You know, yeah. I, I was, yeah. I had a big ego or bigger than, well, it's still big, but it was pretty big back then too. Where I hurt myself lifting too much weight and didn't warm up enough, and yeah. mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, warm up is so crucial. I crucial. mean, and here's the thing: it, it is attached to the ego, and I think a lot of for for men especially, like um, even when it comes to sports, like a lot of coaches neglect it. And I think that it, <laughs> deer don't stretch. Yeah, deer. Yeah, right. Exactly. Deer don't stretch. This is, t-shirt. this is a quote that uh, yeah, unfortunately, your, your high school coach told you that. No, I was actually one of my college coaches. Jesus! Oh, at, college, at the collegiate level. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! That's dude. how bad it was. It's good to know that we have we have an opportunity for jobs though. If we ever right, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest, but yeah, no. It, seriously though, get outside of your get outside of your. I want to um, impress everybody and and make sure that everybody you know is cool with what I'm doing. Like, do your warm up, do your flexibility, and for me personally, like I do. I do something that's going to emulate what I'm going to work out with, and 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 take your time with with loading the weight, and, 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 and as move far as like up. your yeah, move yourself up at a gradual pace. Don't just jump up to like the weight that you want to max out for that day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see that all the time, and it's just ridiculous. Absolutely, I think just to bring it back to the original subject about functional training, just like with warm up, I think if you incorporate some of this stuff with in a smart way with a plan, mm-hmm. you're going to benefit. But I think we can safely say nothing is going to replace or should replace your traditional barbell dumbbell uh, compound movements. Yeah, and a good easy red flag. If your trainer takes you over the corner with a Bosu ball and a stability ball and you spend the entire time doing those yeah. exercises. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at the progression of what you know it is that you're doing. Like if it's the progression is for you to stand on top of a Bose or a, yeah. a, a stability ball. If that's your ultimate if goal. If that's right? your ultimate goal and to juggle and shit, you know, God bless you. Yeah, yeah keep but it going. That's your that's your trajectory. That's that's what you're gonna end up doing. Like like do something that's you know the it, circus is hiring. Right. So. Oh, yeah. Exactly, a circus. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.